from the Jeffro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring Happy Mondays with two-for-one Happy CBD cocktails. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Bottom of the hour, Nick Olson covers Iowa State for 24-7 sports. Matt Snyder joins us, CBSSports.com. Our weekly conversation with our friend Matt Snyder, Matt Trent, and Ken. Thank you for coming on. You know what I want to start with you is in Milwaukee, Lorenzo Cain designated for assignment. I mean, it was uh, uh, both the player and the club uh, came together on that one. He's going to walk away from the game. Just a terrific career, right? World Series winner in, in Kansas City. Uh, and everything you read about him, um, you know, people that cover the sport, as you do, say he's, he's a better person than he is a ball player, and he was pretty damn good. Yeah, I can at least partially attest to that. Um, by no means am I going to act like I was in the locker room with him every single day, but I've talked to him between five and ten times or so probably, and as good of a guy as there is in game, one of my favorite guys to talk to for a long time. Um, such a good story, too. You know, he, he didn't even play baseball until around his junior year in high school, and it was just because he got cut from the basketball team and thought, I need something else to do. So he started playing baseball. And actually, never mind. I'm very angry at him. I don't like him because I'm incredibly jealous that somebody yeah, right. was able to not play baseball until, what, age 16 and uh, make over $100 million in their career just mm. playing a sport. Um, and also, I do want to say this, too, because I am hard on the Brewers sometimes. I need to be fair. Uh, incredible class move by the organization to wait until right after yes. he got 10 years of service time. Um, it was just days after he got 10 years officially service time in the, in major in, in major league baseball. And once you do that, you're fully vested for your pension, which is over $200,000 a year. Uh, the Brewers probably wanted to do this a few weeks ago, but they waited until he got his 10 years so he'd be fully vested on his pension and then let him go. So a class move by the Brewers. Glad you brought it up. Absolutely. So we look at your power rankings for this week. No surprise, the Yankees remain at the top. But I hope my partner across the way here reads through this article because anytime a great team has a losing streak, he starts freaking out. He's done it a bunch, bunch yeah. with the Dodgers here lately. <laughs> Just to, But it was a great reminder that even the great teams we've seen over the past decade, everybody has a lull. The Yankees, outside of the start of the first 10-game season, haven't had one. But when it happens, let's not all freak out. You hear that, Ken Miller? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, it's interesting because uh, I, as I, the comment I made in the power rankings, I sometimes kind of surf through Twitter to see if anything inspires me as the introduction for the power rankings. And I keep seeing, and I, I kind of made a tongue-in-cheek joke, like, yeah, it's usually somebody with a Red Sox or Mets AVI <laughs> saying, oh, they're peaking too early. They're peaking too early. <laughs> eh. I mean, it's like I said when I went through the article, the, the 2014 Giants, a lot of people just remember them as, oh, they won 88 games, and then they were the second wild card, but they somehow won the World Series. Well, they were amazing through the middle of June. Uh, 2016 Cubs, I can't remember how many times I had to look through Twitter and see, well, since they started 25-6, and six, they've gone this, mm. this, and this. 
or since they started 47 and 20, they've gone this. And you could even go all the way back to the 1984 Tigers, who were 35 and 5 and were under 500 for their next 50 ish games. Uh, by the end of the year, they were back and they won the World Series. Every team's going to go through a lull. There is going to be some point this year, I have no doubt, that the Yankees do something like they've lost seven of their last 12 or something like that. And all the questions are going to be, oh, man, what's wrong with him? Did they peak too early? Yeah, it's a 162-game season, man. It's a marathon. Told you Aaron Boone wasn't the guy. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, the the um, uh, clearly the the tabloids and everybody in the Big Apple, right? They're they're hoping for that Subway Series Yankees and Mets. It's not crazy to think that we could get that. Uh, Scherzer apparently is going to be sure. back this week. I watched a ton of Yankees Blue Jays. In fact, I I turned it off yesterday. I missed the comeback for my squad, by the way, uh, because they were just bludgeoned. What's the weakness on this Yankees team? Where are they vulnerable, Matt? It might end up being bullpen depth, which is funny because at the start of the year, that was one of the things that we thought wasn't going to be that much of a problem. But uh, the second Chad Green went down, uh, Aroldis Chapman kind of shaky. He's about to come back from injury. Let's see. Maybe he's Aroldis of old. But there's also the possibility that Father Time has caught up with him. If that's the case, and you just saw Wandy Peralta get banged up yesterday, you're, you're really leaning very, very heavily on Michael King and Clay Holmes. And there's going to be a point, there is with every reliever, where you get to 70, 80, maybe even 90 innings, and they just kind of run out of gas. So it could be that. Let's see when Arolas comes back from injury and how he looks. Because if he looks like old Arolas Chapman, then that answers a lot of questions. But, it, it, again, it's funny because at the start of the year, we would have thought that's one of their least concerns. It is. And, and, and you know, I think we're seeing history repeat itself there with with their back of the bullpen. You remember uh, Mariano Rivera was the setup guy for John Wetland, right? And then all of oh, a sudden. Yeah. I yep. think Clay Holmes is going to be one of the dominant closers in baseball when he gets Absolutely. his opportunity. I mean, this guy is unhittable. He's a tall dude to begin with. Um I mean, he's incredible to watch. I think we're seeing, at some point, we'll see a passing of the torch similar to what we saw Wetland to Mariano Rivera. I know that's saying a lot, but this Clay Holmes guy's really good. And, and another thing that's funny is uh, a few days before the trade deadline last year, the Yankees got him from the Pirates for Diego Castillo and Hoy Park, oh and almost nobody battered an eye at all. It's just a, a great under-the-radar acquisition by Brian Cashman. Mm, no surprise. I've been putting yeah. it together, and boy, you just look at the way that this uh, team has been built. So much different than what it was 20 years ago. Where it was just, just about write buying. a check. Yeah, go out and outspend everybody. This has been an organization, though they have money, they have actually built it I don't know, quote-unquote, the right way. Another team that does it the right way, that is the Rays. And tonight, we'll see those two teams collide. I was talking to Ken a little bit earlier about this. If you're looking for some baseball tonight, don't have anything that you're invested in and can get to this one, it's Garrett Cole against Shane McClellahan. Now, McClellahan was a good prospect, but we're not talking about an uber-elite guy. 1.84 ERA, 105 strikeouts this year, and 78 and a third innings pitch. How have we got to this point with McClellahan when everyone thought it was going to be Shane Bays who's going to be the dude for the Rays that was going to be the yeah, number one? It, it's interesting. Like, yeah, he, he was a late first rounder. Mm-hmm. It might have been the sandwich round, yeah. uh, complimentary at, at a college. And uh, I'm trying to find in the rankings. Looks like the highest anybody had him was like 83. 
83, 84-ish was the highest anybody had him in the in the prospect rankings. And he's, I mean, 105 strikeouts versus 15 walks in 78 and the third innings. That right there tells you all you need. I kind of feel like we have a no-hitter watch every time he takes the mound. Mm-hmm. It feels like him and Carlos Rodon are like the biggest threats for a no-hitter anytime they, they take the mound and uh, tow the slab. Uh, incredibly fun to watch. I like that he's a lefty because I'm left-handed, so I'm always going to be biased towards lefties. But I like his delivery. I, yeah, I think he's really fun to watch. Uh, we only have a couple more minutes with you, Matt. We appreciate you uh, doing this, uh, despite your other commitment. Uh, Trent mentioned great baseball. It's a great series to start the week. In my opinion, not much bigger than Cardinals and Brewers, especially where we're located yeah. right here in the Midwest. Four games set, both teams 38 up and 30 down. Feels like for late June that this could be a um, – we might look back on this one at some point in September uh, if, if it goes according to plan, Matt. Absolutely. I mean, if they're going to be neck and neck all year, every single head, head to head matchup takes on extra importance. And, uh, man, it's so fun to have a four game series right now with two teams that are tied. And you know, they're the only two teams that matter in the division right. because nobody else is even within a ballpark of them. Uh, I, I've been riding, as you guys know, the Cardinals for weeks and saying that they're a much better team. But I, I do wonder. If and I think we talked about this last week, I do wonder if they're going to regret down the road not taking bigger advantage when the Brewers were in an absolute tailspin. Uh, just the Brewers were losing left and right, and the Cardinals were just playing around 500, just a little mediocre. You, you just I don't know. I, I I wonder if they're going to regret not uh, playing better baseball when the Brewers were in an absolute tailspin. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it's not like the Cardinals were bad. They did take over first place. Mm-hmm. They get up to a two-and-a-half game lead, but that already dissipated. Yep. Uh, they, they've lost three of the last four, and the Brewers have tied them up. Now it's a four-game series with everybody tied. So it's, uh, it's going to be fun. I still think the Cardinals are better. I still like them in the division. But like I said, I wonder. I just wonder if that's going to matter. Let's jump over to the American League Central. The Twins Still hold on to the top spot, but here come the Guardians. They begin the three-game series yeah. tomorrow, and then next week they play a five-game series. We're going to learn out a lot there. Is it Guardians versus the Twins, or do you still have hope that the White Sox are going to get in the mix too? Well, I don't know if I'd say hope. I mean, at least as long as Larusa is at the helm, uh-huh. I don't know. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I, they're in it. Look, they're they're in it. It's five games, as you said. There's a lot of head-to-heads between the Twins and, and Guardians. And if you're in the White Sox position, the way you look at that is, hey, if they basically split and we play really well, we just gained a ton of games on both of them. So, so that's where they could figure right there. Um, I, the Guardians, man, I, they were, we, we had them, what, dead and buried three or four weeks ago. And then they got really, really hot against inferior competition. And last week I was looking at them and I was saying, you know what, they've got a really tough road trip coming up. So – Let's see what they're made of during this road trip where they're at Colorado, at Dodgers, and then at Twins. They might be battered by the time they get to the Twins. Well, they go into Colorado and sweep, and even when the Rockies are bad, that's a tough place to win. Mm -hmm. They go into L.A. and they take two or three from the Dodgers. All of a sudden, they're only a game out. Now we're talking. This is going to be a fun one. Indeed it is. Matt, go do your thing. We'll talk to you next Monday, Matt Snyder. Thank you. All right. Take care, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, as we talk a little baseball. So did you, um, after the, um, the U.S. Open, mm-hmm. 
went over, of course, Sunday Night Baseball's on, right? And yeah. the, did you see the stat? Larusa versus Dusty Baker had gone head-to-head 210 times. Had not seen this number. 210 games they managed against each right. other. What was the stat? What was what? What was it? Where did it sit? One hundred five. One hundred five. You're right on the money. Isn't that wild? <laughs> that how does that happen? It's even crazy that they battled two hundred two hundred ten times. A buck. Yeah, each one was there was this the series record was one hundred and five apiece. So I guess Dusty Baker took firm control of that last night as the Astros Absolutely. won. The uh, Kopech was not real pleased with himself last night either. No, he didn't like the. He thought he threw a bad pitch. Uh huh. Well, well, it's something you can't say on obviously radio. I was surprised how quickly they shot into his lips as he was. Yeah. <laughs> you see a lot of that, don't you? You do, yeah. And they just eh, cut you into mean, it, you, don't care anymore. There's nothing they can do. It's there's no there, audio, right? right? So I guess that's, it's all right. That's the main thing. So uh, I want to go back for a moment, ask Matt about my American League Central. Yeah. It was about, what, a month and a half ago? It was like beginning of May. And we saw the CBS Sports, their projections through Sportsline. Right, and you had the, they were third, correct? No, the Guardians were first. Yeah, no, but the Twins were third. Right. Yeah, and we were the Guardians. One God's, they were ahead right. of the White Sox, and we yeah. didn't get it. We didn't understand it. And yes, Shane Bieber's excellent. Mm-hmm. And yes, Ramirez is an absolute stud of this team. And he's on pace to hit what drive in 162 RBI. Yeah, because he gets one every game. Yeah, one a game. That's what he's on pace for. And we thought it was ridiculous. Well, here we are, probably six weeks later from when we first saw that. And again, they look great. So here's those updated projections. I got all of them here. Let's start, though, with the American League Central. Currently, CBS Sportsline has the White Sox still projected to win the division. 36.4% for them. Guardians, 34.3%. And then the Twins at 29.3% of the time. 86, 85, and 84 wins, respectively, is a projected win 86 wins the division. Yes. Okay. Is that enough? It is for me. I've got the Twins at 79. <laughs> As do I. Yeah. We jumped aboard with that one. All right, let's go to the National League Central. Sportsline projections. The National League Central, okay. Uh, 0% chance for both the Pirates, the Reds, and the Cubs <laughs> to win the division. It is a two-team race, and your favorite, according to this projection Has system, to be the Cardinals. Is the Brewers. Wow. 54.2%. They're projected for 90.1 wins. The Cardinals, 89.3. So it's very tight there. Uh-huh. And we, as Matt Snyder is, we're all on the Cardinal train. I am. I, I'm not going anywhere. No, I am. How about the Bravos coming back to win the division against the Mets? Yeah, but you, you told me no chance. Uh, there is no chance. And, and if you can't beat the Cubs, though, come on. Come Does this on. feel like a World Series team where the Cubbies of all teams are taking two or three? Look, the Braves, y- you can't. Change your schedule to play tough teams. Mm-hmm. They had a bunch of also rans on their schedule, and they beat them. The Nationals, the Pirates, the A's, the Rockies, the Snakes, the Fish. That's their winning streak. But again, it's not. That's who's on their schedule. You're going to play them sometime. They did, and they beat them. The Mets beating up on the East. They're 21 and eight against the division. Braves just 13 and 10, and they'll have so a what, lot of bats. So what, uh, what's the percentage in the, in the East? 74.8% for the Mets, 21.7 for the Braves, and still a still 3% some Phillies chance. Love. Yep, 3% chance yep. still remaining for the Phillies, who are sitting four games under 500 now. Over from what they were, it's pretty remarkable. They got a bump from firing the manager, right? You're already out the door, a little bit of a bump. Uh, let's see, anything else intriguing? Well, let's I mean, how big of a, how, how big of a favorite are the Yankees? 80-something? 
95.8% chance. my God. They are projected to win 105. And these, these you're not going to see a whole lot of outliers with this. And it's, what, 10,000 simulations, you know, things, mm-hmm. season, things like It normalizes. They're still projected to win 105 games, 95.8% to win the division. The Blue Jays are second, 2.2% chance. Jeez. I got a division ticket on the Blue Jays. Yeah, you're not cashing that it's one. It's that one looking good. 11 games back. And the Red Sox, five games over. So I got one future. You know what? The Red Sox are the Red Sox are a team that, um, and they can still get healthy. Well, Chris Sale's I think finally going to do a minor yes. league rehab this week. Maybe I got them when they got off to a slow start at twenty-two to one to win the American League. Not the whole thing, just the American League. I'm loving that thing at twenty-two to one. There's there's there is a in. sneaky dark horse trend. Get are. in. Yep. I like that one a lot. I think the Red Sox, as I said, with the injuries, we will see exactly what they're going to be, but. If they don't sign Devers, after trading away Mookie Betts, they have to. What does they that have to? You're the Boston right. The ballpark the is packed every single night. I know it's not the great, it's the biggest capacity. Right. They own the area yes. surrounding Fenway Park. I mean, it's incredible the 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 money that's generated Nesson. in that area. Nesson Nesson is their, their own network, network. It's right? Just it's not one of the regionals, and it is. has caught a foothold. Unlike Marquee, Absolutely. they don't have to go up against a NBC Sports Chicago. Yes. How if that happens? I mean, the fan base has got to be apoplectic, right? Mm-hmm. You can't. No, you can't let him after, go. after letting Mookie, who was no. just. A beloved guy. Now you have Devers, who is in the same realm. Mm-hmm. I mean, By the, the way, bl- Betts is hurt. Betts is hurt. Did I you saw see that. that? Yeah. yeah, both him and Walker Bueller. Mm-hmm. That's a one-two punch oh, over a week. Maybe, huh? maybe Labor Day uh, for Bueller. Do do the West real quick in the National League because that's a tight race. It is. So you have the Dodgers, obviously, still the favorite here. They are to win the division, seventy-six percent. Still projected to win one hundred and three games. Thirteen percent for the Padres. Ten and a half percent for the Giants. Mm-hmm. What was the Dodgers? Win total to begin the season. Do you remember? Eight and a half. I bet on the over. Yeah, I got the you over did too. too right? yeah. yeah, I've got the over as well. Because we posted, how's this team not winning mm-hmm. hundred games? Well, injuries. Padres are good. Speaking of injuries, Machado went down yesterday. Yeah. We'll see if that's a long one. All right, uh, we are projected to talk to Nick Olson next, and we there. will. Yeah, thank you. Uh, he covers obviously Iowa State for twenty four seven sports. They have had a haul this past week. Nick will. Uh, fill us in on the details when he joins us next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. On your side. Trent Condon here for the Grumpy Goat Tavern. Sometimes after arguing with Ken on the radio show, I just need a beer. Or after a long night of calling a game, I just need a beer. Well, my favorite place to stop is the Grumpy Goat Tavern. With two locations in West Des Moines and 1st Street in Ankeny, where I can stop and grab that cold one. And they have over 50 beers on tap. Of course, my favorite's the domestics, but... If you're more adventurous, they have you covered. And it's not just drinks. The Grumpy Goat Tavern takes bar food to a new level. I'll see you next time at the Grumpy Goat Tavern and iHeartMedia. Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. 
Moonlight.com. It's good to have Rush Moonlight Dash Classic. Victory Mounds is your ace when it comes to premium baseball and softball products and services. Utilizing our vast game and industry expertise, we sell portable pitching mounds, field equipment, and field products that we trust, use, and have used when coaching or playing. But that's not all. Victory Mounds Field Consulting Services can help you improve the quality and playability of your field. Craig Allison has years of experience in the mound business and is Victory Mounds National Sales Executive, while Mike Donahoe is in charge of field equipment and products. Visit VictoryMounds.com to see what Victory Mounds can do for you slash careers. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, just past 11.30 on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon. Trent's plays of the day coming up in about 15, 20 minutes. Circa Sports sponsors it. By the way, Circa named the best sports book in Las Vegas. There's a shocker. Yeah, no doubt about that one. Don't what don't was, have to twist my arm. Really? How, how big of a gap do you think it was between whoever was voted second and Circa? right. Just massive. If you haven't seen it, you've got to check it out, really. Come see us in August. Come see us in August, indeed. Nick Olson joins the program. He has had a very busy month of June as Iowa State has kept them busy. All of this football recruiting, maybe some basketball news coming this week as well. And we go right to the source. Nick Olson joins us. Nick Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on, Nick Olson. You've had a busy week. It's been very uh, fruitful for the football program. A lot of commits this past week, Nick. A lot of them, and it has been a blast to cover, honestly, especially some of these in-state guys that we've talked about plenty on this show. You know, it's been really cool to kind of follow their their journeys, and I was able to do some one-on-one interviews with them as well. It's It's been a lot of fun. It's made June go by pretty quickly as well. We've talked, obviously, a ton about Jamison Patton throughout the years, going back to his days at Roosevelt. I've seen him not just what he's done, obviously, on the football field, but on the hardwood, on the baseball diamond. We've talked a lot about him. What about Cooper Ebel, though? From Hartley Melbourne Sanborn High School, not a whole lot of prospects coming out of there. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, really good get. Uh, he was a priority for both Iowa and Iowa State. Also got an offer from Nebraska and you know, he really kind of picked things up this spring. He's going to play linebacker for Iowa State. Very versatile, pretty athletic. And, you know, he really kind of fell in love with, you know, some of the culture and the program at Iowa State. Good relationship with the linebackers coach. Amazing relationship with Coach Campbell. And, you know, that's one that the Cyclones are very excited about especially getting that the same day as Patton, like you mentioned. Mm. They got a Juco, uh, a kid from uh, Iowa Western as well. Look, I I love my corners over six feet, and this kid uh, checks that box. He's 6'2", apparently. Miles Norwood, what can you tell us about him and who was in on him? Yeah, he's a guy that could actually get a lot of run early. He's got the size, like you mentioned. Actually a track star as well. Did a lot of track. Uh, in, in high school and, you know, I believe had some college interest there. So he's going to bring a lot of speed. And, you know, he told me some of like the experience and athleticism really going to help him. Indiana was, was in on him. Uh, Syracuse, Kentucky showed interest. So it's a really solid get from the Juco ranks. And it's, it's a player that, you know, Norwood told me actually that kind of the day before he announced, he anticipates having a pretty defined role early on. And then that kind of, 
expanding throughout his time at Iowa State. But the staff, you know, they knew that that was kind of going to be going their way for a little while. And, and it felt like it's one that they're pretty excited about. And that whole kind of secondary has a lot of youth, as I know that we've talked about, especially after spring ball. But it's an area that I think could potentially be a strength for this 2022 Cyclones team. Tell us about the big guy that also commits last week, Brendan Black, down in Florida. Had some good offers there. A lot of mid-majors also involved, but you had you know, Duke and Louisville, Memphis also there. What can you tell us in the first true offensive lineman of the 2023 class? Exactly. Yeah, I like how you put that because obviously Carson Rhodes and you know maybe others could end up playing on the line. But yeah, Brendan is Brendan Black's first kind of official one. He'll play on the interior. He also had an offer from Miami and actually took a visit there this year as well. So there was some legit interest. He'll kind of find his playing time, like I said, on the interior. He's really physical. He'll have to continue to kind of clean up some of the technique and, you know, try to expand that athleticism. But honestly, a solid first kind of run for a class that I know has added up a lot of skill players, which, you know, as fans, many people get excited about. But you're not winning in the trenches. You're you're not going to be able to do much. And I know that the offensive line has been an area for Iowa State to need to be able to kind of be better, uh, especially to be successful. So Black is a good get, and I am kind of high on some of the other names that are really being thrown around as well. Uh, well, did you have? Do you want to share any of those? Can you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Brandon Henderson is a tackle that was here this weekend. It's kind of between Illinois and Iowa State. Actually, this afternoon, I will be sending out an article about him. But, you know, he told me on the record he feels like Iowa State is in the lead there. And that'll be more of an outside lineman, a tackle from East St. Louis, which would be really, really impressive. That's one that, you know, he's been number one on, you know, my kind of tackles board for a while for players that Iowa State has really been in on. As well as Trevor Burr, who was here last weekend. He's got an official to Iowa coming up next week. It's kind of an, an in-state race, per se. He's not from Iowa, but those are the two schools that are really duking it out for him, and he'll likely play on the interior as well. So the Cyclones are kind of having to be, you know, a little choosy at this point with kind of their numbers, as always, with, with scholarships. But I expect, I'd say, at least one of them to end up with, with Iowa State, and, you know, they'll likely take at least three offensive linemen, potentially four, but it's a good start, as, as I said, that they got that commitment on Friday. Uh, Nick, uh, Nick Olson, uh, Cyclone Alert, 24-7 Sports is our guest. Three weeks, I guess it's a little more, three weeks and a couple of days. Big 12 Media Days will uh, be unfolding in Dallas. Seemingly, uh, this will be, I think, anyways, although Trent and I thought that the, the <laughs> curtain would come down on Oklahoma and, and uh, Texas prior to this year. It didn't happen, uh, but it's, it's certainly, it's not going to, they're not going to be in it uh, till the end, I don't think. But th- that aside, so no Normally on big uh, on media days, you get the commissioner first, right? That kind of gives you the lay of the land. Of course, Bullsby made uh, some stunning news last time when you know last year at, the, at those meetings when everything's hunky dory, only to have the rug pulled out from him the very next day. <laughs> will there be a commissioner? What do you I mean that will there be a commissioner in place in time for that, Nick? When you guys get to Dallas, will you know who the Big Twelve commissioner is? That's a really good question. As of right now. I would kind of have to lean maybe not because, you know, there have been names thrown around, but I haven't necessarily seen a lot of kind of expeditiousness with that process or, you know, really 
needing to have that figured out for that event, which I'm very excited to cover in a few weeks. Obviously, there will be a lot of football and a lot of talent down there. But, yeah, that's one that I, I haven't heard about. And, you know, it's a really interesting question that with the timing of everything and the Big 12, it certainly would be nice to have really? some, some leadership and yeah. a director there for an event like that with all of these upcoming changes in the next year or so. But as of right now, I have not heard there will be. Well, it almost has to be. Yeah, you got to get going there. I heard an interview last week with Jamie Pollard. He's more on the line. He wants somebody that has certainly a collegiate background, somebody old athletic director, that kind of realm. But we saw what the Pac-12 has done with Klavikov. Even you know, Kevin Warren in the Big Ten, not mm, yeah. exactly a college administrator making his way there. Nick, what would you like to see? What do you think makes the most sense when you look at the future of the Big 12? Going with somebody that knows the college game or shaking it up a little bit? I think with all of these, you know, changes that the Big 12 is, is going on with, the new teams they will be getting, and of course, you know, kind of the seemingly constant talks with TV deals and different groupings within conferences and things like that, I do like someone that has a lot of college experience. And I think that they're more able to relate to, you know, kind of a lot of what goes on behind the scenes and, and the staffs and what actually make the consistent revenues for each sport while knowing the dealings with the academic sides and, you know, really what brings the conferences together. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about Big 12 football coming up. It's one of the most consistent basketball conferences mm-hmm. in the land. And I would generally say I think you need someone that has experience there, knowledge, and, you know, that you can really lean on in, in times of change is at least where my preference would go. Uh, a couple more minutes with you, Nick. There was some basketball news as, as far as um, – I, I won't even try to say his last name, but uh, Mylan um... – I'm going to try. No, I'm not. Uh, Iowa State, Michigan State, UCLA, Virginia, Minnesota, and Louisville. Certainly an impressive list uh, of teams that this guy's narrowed it to. When will he make his decision? What can you tell us about Milan? Milan. I heard from from a source uh, about a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, that it would be in the next two to three weeks. He said something similar to one of our reporters with, with 247 Sports as well. I would anticipate, you know, comfortably within the next three weeks, uh, potentially by the beginning of July. And he, he did put out that top six. Again, a really good list. And how I would describe it is I would put the Cyclones in the top three, personally. Um, I believe from speaking with him uh, back early on, I think it was February or March, and just kind of following his recruitment and, and speaking with some others, covering other teams around it as well, I would kind of put Iowa State, UCLA and Virginia as likely the top three heaviest contenders to land that special power forward talent from Wisconsin. Speaking of uh, the upcoming basketball class, Omaha Blue, you got your crystal ball in at 24-7 for Omaha becoming a Cyclone. I know one of the top recruiting analysts also has the same. When do you anticipate we'll hear a commitment from Omaha Blue? I think he's someone that might take a little bit more time. There's a lot of uh, you know, kind of momentum with Iowa State. From everything I heard, he's likely to be playing high school basketball in the state of Iowa this year as well. And I would anticipate probably around the beginning of the school year, uh, somewhere around late August, early September, as of right now, is when I'm kind of anticipating his announcement, which if he plays college basketball, as I said with, you know, A.J. Green, and obviously mm-hmm. he went pro, so Omaha does have a really good option to potentially do a pro route if he'd like. But if he plays college hoops, 
I'm very sure that it will be with Iowa State. Hmm. Uh, Nick, of these uh, football camps, are they over now? We still got another week? Uh, yeah, they are over. They, they wrapped up last Wednesday, and that was really cool to you know kind of see some of that young talent as well as when they get offers for their future. Indeed. Well, next week, if there's uh, well, maybe there's some recruiting news, but we'll start uh, going a little bit more in depth into the Cyclone schedule. Maybe pick a team or two uh, every week to take a, take a look at as we inch our way uh, to Big Twelve Media Days. Three weeks and two days, but who's counting? We are Miller and Condon. Nick, have a great week. Anything coming up at twenty four seven Cyclone Alert you'd like to promote before we let you go? Yeah, I would say we've got in-depth analysis. Uh, We've already spoken to 10 out of the 12 visitors that were here over the weekend, um, and we've got articles coming out of really their thoughts. Uh, There will likely be another crystal ball this week, and potentially one or two commitments for Iowa State as well. Well, we'll be watching for that. It's Cyclone Alert 24-7 Sports. Nick, have a great week. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you, Nick Olson. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you soon. Yep, take care. Nick Olson, have a good week. Miller and Condon. So some maybe some news. Omaha Blue, you've been yeah. talking about this kid for three years? Yes. Well, longer than that. I knew well, him when he was in junior high. Okay. Before he even started yeah. high school because there was buzz. And yeah. as an eighth grader, he was the number one player in his class in the country. Jeez. He, uh, there's word that he is going to end up back at Waukee. Really? And maybe not at Northwest, where Price Sanford, his own mm-hmm. old teammate, was, but at Waukee High. So a lot of rumblings about that. Uh, John Lamb, who does, of course, high school basketball, mm-hmm. he was involved. He helped get Omaha here and knows him, obviously, very well because of that. He tweeted this over the weekend. I haven't talked to John yet, but I hope to this week to get a little more confirmation on it. Waukee is going to be very, very good. Elite coach and best-looking assistant coach, talented players, and solid system. Can't wait to see them when Omaha joins them this year, watch out for a. Hmm. And Nick prefaced it if he plays college basketball. If that G League is still so it's a real him, possibility. Huh? Only at least his Final Four, that was one of them. It was Kansas, it was Iowa State, it was Oregon, and it was G League. And the G League. Trends play of the day, Circus Sports sponsors it. We will uh, hear that when we come back. Uh, it's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Most everyone knows that the Grumpy Goat Tavern has great lunches and dinners. But did you know that the Grumpy Goat Tavern also has breakfast? Classics like steak and eggs, the hangover burrito, chorizo biscuits and gravy. You can step it up with the shrimp and grits, breakfast fried rice, or hot chicken and waffles. And don't forget the big-ass cinnamon roll. Plus, bottomless Bloody Marys and mimosas. Do brunch at the Grumpy Goat Tavern, Mills Civic in West Des Moines, 50th Street in West Des Moines, and... Local farmers markets are back in 2022 in your community. Enjoy fresh produce, live music, baked goods, crafts, and food trucks at the Johnson Farmers Market located at the Johnson Town Square. Vendors will be set up on the south side of City Hall. You can visit the market from 3:30 until 6:30 on Tuesdays, now through October the 11th. For more information on this Greater Des Moines event and others, visit catchdesmoines.com. This farmers market PSA is brought to you by NCMIC. Sickoffer.com.
Wolfstruction can give you a good life by giving you opportunities to be a part of a team that does real tangible things in your community. For many of us, it's that feeling of doing something with our hands and creating something from scratch and or giving back to a new home or a remodel project. Do you enjoy working with your hands? Do you enjoy providing for your community? Do you enjoy getting out there and doing a hard day work and coming home and saying, yeah, I did that. Apply today. Wolfconstruction.net. Tried. Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on your side. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Hi, Miller and Condon, 10 before noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Do you have high school baseball this week? It must be. Yeah, going to be back out there tonight making my way. Oh, tonight you're working? Dallas Center Grimes as they face off against Indianola. A couple of looks at DCG, Class 3A. And Indianola on the small scale, but they're in Class 4A. Good squad. And a Blake, once again, playing good baseball <laughs> for Indianola. That'll be a 7.30, though, estimated first pitch tonight. Uh, they do it a little bit different. Their conference is a 5.30, 7.30 for the doubleheader. Gotcha. So 7.30 will take the air tonight with DCG against Indianola. Is that your only broadcast this week? Uh, also, Wednesday, hoping to get out to Principal Park, Southeast Pocan Dowling. We'll be wow. battling at Principal Park. And, of course, that? don't get the state tournament there. No, it's unfortunate. So uh, because of that, hopefully I'll get a broadcast at Principal Park. Always just such a great, great venue uh, for the game. And they do a great job with these high school games that happen. Uh, free admission for those games, too, mm. throughout this season. Right. Just come on in. No parking costs, nothing like that. Just come in and watch a little high school baseball. But uh, Friday, the substates came out. So you got all... Six teams that comprise each of these sub-states. There are some tough ones. Uh, I know Johnston not real pleased about their draws. The Dragons now 23-1 and on the season this year. Uh, Dolly Catholic comes in at number three. Waukee, four. Urbandale, six. Ankeny, eight. Waukee, Northwest, nine. Valley, ten. Those are your rankings right now. <laughs> and uh, those teams are... Going to be seeing each other just a little bit as we uh, take a look at things going forward and trying to pull up the screen that had all the records along with the teams uh, here from the latest in the update. Here it is, sub-state assignment. So, Waukee, who's really good, they get Sioux City East, who's been ranked this year. Johnston gets Ankeny Centennial, also in their uh, sub-state for Dodge, who's had some nice wins this year, along with Ames, who's uh, had a pretty good season this year also. Dowling, they're the one that gets to travel this year. They get Iowa City West, a couple of the Waterloo schools, uh, Marshalltown also there. So Dowling, pretty good path for the Maroons and other locals. Waukee Northwest will have Norwalk and Valley 
in that one. That's going to be a difficult task for them. And then Urbandale gets Indianola, also Ankeny in that substate. So the way it's set up, six teams in each of these pods, if you will, substates. One plays six, two plays five, three plays four. The top remaining seed after those first rounds gets a bye to the sub-state championship. So if you're a two or three seed, more than likely going to have to win three games to get there, just two if you're the number one seed. Season goes so fast. It does. My gosh, unbelievable. month from now, I'll be in Iowa City calling state tournament about games. about that? Well, I don't know how you segue from high school sports to betting on sports, because well. you can in high school sports, which is a good thing. Let's... Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. Not legally. No, please. There's plenty of places out there. I know. Football can. season uh-huh. you can. has always been a talk. That's true, too. Uh-huh. Uh, so what are you betting tonight? Should I bet on the Lightning? They have to win. Minus 106 at sir. Doesn't mean they will. They have to. Minus 106. It doesn't excite me. I know. I'm going to anyway. Take the Lightning? Going with the Lightning. Am I falling into the same trap I did in the NBA, being more hopeful than actually handicapping? But, I mean, you, your own two eyes saw what you did, saw on Saturday night. I mean, they just Whoa. overwhelmed the uh, Eastern Conference winner. Quick turnaround, easy to flush it with that. Just yeah, maybe to something to something to that. You're in not fact, lingering for an extra day. They're, here's the thing. They've won their last seven home games. That's Tampa good. has. Yep. Here's the other thing. Colorado's won their last seven road games. <laughs> Something's got to give. <laughs> right. Yeah. Three in baseball, all dogs. I've talked about it. Now you got my attention. McClellan, got to bet him tonight. I've talked about him a ton today. Got to do it. Plus 117 currently at Circa. At home against Garrett Cole and the Yankees. Game two. Give me the Giants against Michaelis. Uh, Excuse me. Give me uh, the Giants against the Braves. Freed against Logan Webb. Webb's much better at home, and this will be a road tilt for him. But plus 131. Really like the price on the Giants in that one. And then wrap it up, I gave it away. Yeah, I'm on Michaelis. Plus 154. I know Burns is good. I get it, but plus 154, sign me up for that. Michaelis isn't bad in his own right. He is not. Fox Sports 1 has that game, by the way. Oh, that's good. That's an FS1 Because I would have set the DVR and then I would have missed it. Right. And I would have been very frustrated (laughs) when I tried to get home and watch that one, and that will not be happening. So Cardinals plus 154, Giants plus 131. The Tampa Rays plus 117, and I'll lay the minus 106 with the other Tampa team, the Lightning. All right, we will uh, see how you did tomorrow. Three dogs in baseball, and uh, hopefully we do get a series. I mean, if, if, if Tampa doesn't win tonight, the Lightning, yeah. uh, then I, I mean, I just don't, come on. They're just they're overwhelming them. They're overwhelming them, and Colorado might be getting a couple of guys that have not played back here. Uh, Nazem Kadri being the best of those, mm-hmm. so that that could happen uh, as soon as Game Four, apparently. All right, that's going to do it for us. Murph and Andy are back. They'll be in these chairs in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics at three o'clock. Ross and TBD, I guess. Haven't seen at three o'clock, so tune in for that. Uh, we're Miller and Condi here, Trent and I, weekdays from 10 until noon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.